Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Remember those kids growing up that your mom didn't want you to hang out with? She called them a bad influence. Don't hang out with the bad influencers. And it's funny how, or at least to me it is, funny how she could pick them. I mean, she didn't have to know them very well. Just see them operate a little bit. Don't hang out with them. It's a bad influence. And she was usually right. I hope that as we've gone through this this study here in woes and warnings that we're starting to glean a little bit. There's some seriousness to these things that God warns us about and places woes for us in front of us about. And today, perhaps uh, one of the more serious ones we've looked at is this thing about influence and and the influence, especially as it pertains to little ones. So read read along with me, if you will, in uh, chapter 17 of Luke, the first three verses. Says this as Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for you to have uh, to be thrown in the sea with a millstone tied around your neck than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So I love this. Watch yourselves. Watch yourselves. Four things today to glean from this text about bad influencers that we need to be aware of. And the first is this, that bad influencers are the product of a broken world. They're the product of a broken world. Look at the first part of verse 1 again. says, these things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, he says. So if we're looking for heaven here, we're going to be gravely disappointed if we think this is a heavenly place because it's not. Can we periodically experience a taste of heaven? Sure we can. In fact, I hope that's what we experience here on Sundays when we gather together is a taste of what heaven will be like. But uh, in, 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 the, in the steady flow of things as, as life uh, walks out in front of us, we quick, quickly discover uh, this, this place is not heaven. And it's a broken place full of broken people. Uh, listen to these words from Job chapter 14 and John chapter 16. Job 14 says, man born of woman is a few few days and full of trouble. He springs up like a flower and then withers away. Like a fleeting shadow, he does not endure. In John 16, Jesus is speaking and says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Both of those instances tell us this world is a troubled place. It's a broken model. It's, It's it's a mess. We look around us, we see nothing but a mess, oftentimes. Um, does that mean we throw in the towel when it comes to living a Christ-like life? Absolutely not. But it does mean that we, there are bumps and bruises along the way that we need to be aware of. That there, are, there are side roads and journeys toward our Christ-likeness that are going to be challenging for us. But Christ, those, those challenges are bound to come. So what's the lesson here in his first phrase? The lesson is this. Don't get caught up or bogged down in the brokenness of the world around you. Realize it's broken. Realize you're walking into brokenness every day. Uh, it started in the garden. Bad influence started with, between Cain and Abel in the garden. 
It's been getting worse generation after generation from the garden because we are the product of a broken world. Secondly, bad influencers are carriers of the brokenness. We're carriers of the brokenness. Last part of verse 1 says, he says that the, the stumblings are bound to come, but watch, woe to anyone through whom they come. Woe to anyone through whom they come. Our initial thought here is that he's likely talking to the lost folks, isn't he? Well, he's talking to his disciples here. Yes, he's talking to lost folks, but he's talking to his disciples here, uh, referring to a lost culture uh, that I believe applies to believers as well. Uh, He says that we're all in a broken place and we cannot allow ourselves to become carriers of the brokenness. Uh, We can't perpetuate the problem. We have to become the solutions to it, rather. So, uh, if we become a stumbling block to someone else's walk, there's a price to pay for that. There's a woe here, he says, for our becoming a stumbling block to someone else. Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about failure and the misery that joins it and how misery loves company and failure loves company. And we'll seek to find someone to join our misery and join our failure. And if we're not careful, that influence can trickle into the lives and ripple into the lives of other folks around us. Uh, it's... Uh, Jesus is warning them against that kind of walk here. He's saying, in essence, we are accountable for our own stumbles, but we are even greater accountable for someone who stumbles as a result of our own stumble. I think of that every Sunday as I stand in this place to to teach on Sundays. Because I'll read in his word what the scripture says about someone who stands where I stand, that I'll incur stricter judgment. And I know that. And that's a sobering thought. Uh, for me week after week. So this idea of, of our being a stumbling block for someone else is serious for all of us to, to engage with, and we need to make sure we're not carriers of the brokenness. Thirdly, bad influencers are the product of a broken world. They're carriers of the brokenness. But thirdly, bad influencers are thieves of innocence. They're thieves of innocence. Look at verse 2. He says, It would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around your neck and for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Look at how strong this preventive measure is here, he's saying. Uh, rather than stealing the innocence of a child, that tying a 1,000 to 1,500-pound rock around your neck would be better for you and, and, and you to be thrown into the ocean than for you to cause a little one to stumble. Then uh, I just got back off a fishing trip with her brother Dean in Florida, and... Um, one of the, actually, both of the days. One of the days I noticed um, our first hand as he was baiting some of the lines that goes out. That he baited a drag line that's got had a weight on it. It's about eight pound lead weight, shaped like a fish. And he would bait that the trailer off that line, bait it up, and drop that to the bottom, and fish off the bottom. We had some other lines that were fishing off the top as well that were that were strung. But I saw him flick the flick the bail on the on the reel and taking the drag off the reel and drop that lead weight into the water. <laughs> Heard that reel rounding for about three or four seconds. And it stopped. And I asked Dean, I said, is that thing already on the bottom? He said, yeah. It's just three or four seconds. He said, yeah, but we're just in 75 feet of water. We were about 15 miles offshore. I was guessing we were probably in 200, 300 feet of water. He said, normally we would be, but we're on a, we're on a sandbar. He says, I've caught a bunch of fish. We're going to try this sand, uh, fishing this bar. So it's just 75 feet. Even at 75 feet, a three-second drop with a lead weight, I, I was surprised how quickly it reached the bottom. 
And I imagine sitting there as well about today's, I thought about today's message. How about a thousand pounds, 1,500 pounds around my neck? How quickly that would reach the bottom? Uh, just in an instant. And he, 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 he does that and illustrates this story to say the consequences, the woe is so serious that the consequences are so serious, it's going to be almost instantaneous for you when that occurs. He calls one of these, calls one of these little ones to stumble. The, the consequences are significant enough that you'll notice it and notice it quick. Uh, as an example of what I'm saying, human, traf- <clears throat> human trafficking and the, the sex slave industry and business has become an epidemic across our nation. In fact, the TBI, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, their statistics say that every two hours in America, I'm sorry, every two minutes in America, a sex slave is having paid sex for someone who's just paid to engage them in sex. And here's the kicker. The average age is, are you ready for this? 14. 14. Believer or unbeliever, anybody can and should see the evil in that. That's just pure evil. Selling children into slavery like that. Um, and, and I get, I understand now the idea of the millstone being tied around the neck of someone with that kind of influence. Uh, wow, that's such a, they should be such a severe cost and consequence. And not, not just the, the uh, sex slave crowd, but the gender-affirming crowd who would want to mutilate the genitals of children and tell them you're, you were born the wrong. We're in evil times. Never, never thought I would see this day. And we wonder how deep is the brokenness. It's deeper than, it's deeper than we should have, allowed, should have allowed it to become, to be honest with you. We shouldn't have allowed it to get this far. In fact, I'm reminded again, as I've reminded you before, that Ruth Graham said in the early 80s, if God doesn't judge America, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. And he does. He, he will. Because uh, we are digging deeper and deeper and deeper into darkness and evil and brokenness. Well, bad influences are the product of a broken world. They're carriers of brokenness and thieves of innocence. But finally, bad influencers have lost their awareness. They've lost their awareness. Look at this, this short phrase in the first part of verse 3. So watch yourselves. Watch yourselves, he says there in caution. If there's one thing the enemy banks on, it's his ability to saturate the culture, and I believe in particularly television and social media. He banks on his ability to saturate those, those media forms with various concepts of, of evil. And he trusts that over time, we become softened to it and conditioned to it. And I fear that we have and we are become numb and ambivalent to the, the things we see, the evil we see come across our airways. Uh, for a number of years, he's been successful at it because we assume that that's just the new normal. That's the way, the, the way things are anymore. And I would declare with you today that that's the wrong assumption to make, especially when it comes to the fact that he's coming after our children. When he starts coming after our children, there needs to be some, some folks in the kingdom stand up and say, no, not anymore, not any further. Uh, that's a wrong assumption to make, assuming that we're going to 
swallow this hook, line, and sinker. So this reminder, this charge to watch yourselves, and the word watch in the original Greek text there means to catch yourselves. You are, we are in a fallen world and can get ourselves in a fallen state if we don't catch, catch ourselves before we fall again. He says to watch yourselves, to catch yourselves. And that warning carries with it some weight because what hangs in the balance is not just the indoctrination of our schools, not just the indoctrination of the marketplace, but also the indoctrination of our homes and eventually our churches. So this idea of watching ourselves lest we stumble is a serious, serious woe, serious warning, lest we stumble off into the abyss with the rest of our culture. Well, what are the takeaways from this text today? What kind of influence are you? Ask another way, are we obstacles or are we opportunists? Are we obstacles to folks coming to Christ, seeing him in our culture, or are we opportunistic in how that comes to play? Uh, Christ followers can either be obstacles or opportunists because obstacles, for example, uh, in the sense that no one can get over our legalism to find their way to Jesus. If we're expecting them to straighten up and clean up and stand up before we invite them to Christ, that's uh, going to be a huge obstacle for them to get over. He took folks and takes folks as they are, where they are, in whatever state they are. He took us that way too. And we need to be careful about allowing our legalism and our expectations of them to be such a hurdle for them to get over. Or we can be opportunistic in the sense that we engage the marketplace with truth. And don't, don't drop truth bombs on them and then run to the house. Or truth bombs and run to the church. But drop truth and stay there and engage in conversation. Stay there and walk out the truth that we've just dropped in front of them. So that they see and are drawn to the fact that just something different about him, something different about her. I can't put my finger on it, but something different about them. And we, we stay and engage them in conversation such that they start to recognize the truth in us and are drawn to that truth rather than our dropping truth bombs and running. Why is it such a, a big issue? Because of this truth. Eventually, we're all going to stumble. Each of us, saved or lost, we're all going to stumble. We're going to find ourselves in a hard place, find ourselves in a pit. And the difference there is who reaches into the pit to grab the stumbler to help pull them up. I'm going to tell you, the enemy's reaching into the pit. Only it's not to grab them and pull them up. It's to reach by them and grab another piece of dirt from the pit and bring it out, and another piece and bring it out so that the pit gets deeper and deeper and darker and darker. Or... You and I as believers can reach into the pit and grab a hand of rescue and say, let's, let's come out of that. Let's not stay there. Yeah, it's reality. Failure is reality. Brokenness is reality. But we, we don't have to choose to stay there. Uh, so are, are we reaching in for, to grab them, to, re to bring them to refuge? Or are we standing by and watching the enemy reach in and dig, dig a deeper and darker pit for them? That they seemingly will never get out of because they can't move beyond the deeper the pit is, the darker it is. And it's so hard to get beyond the reality of, is this it? Is this as good as it ever gets for me? Am I, am I to live in this state of brokenness, this state of sin, this state of failure, this state of loss? Is this, is this my plight in life? I'm going to tell you, according to his word, it's not. He is there to rescue us and pull us up. But 
need to be careful with, with these little ones that we don't cause them to stumble. Uh, great opportunity for commercial here for folks to plug in to our children's ministries downstairs on Sunday. Some of you have and do. Some of you could help in that way. And I encourage you to, to give that some thought and prayer because these little ones, are growing up in a darker and darker world. If they don't have some spines of truth that mom and dad and some lady or guy at church says help to pour into them, they're toast. If they don't have some truth to stand on, they're toast. So I encourage you to plug into them. Learn, learn, learn to serve in that capacity and see yourself adding value, not just, not just to the kingdom, but to some little, little faces that are going to grow up to be influencers themselves. So, let's pray. Father, you've shown us from your word today that influence is a powerful, powerful thing for good and bad. You've shown us and given us woes and warnings here in your word that if that influence is not kingdom worthy, if it's to, if it's to usher in and, and, and uh, offer more complacency to the darkness, we'd be better off with a millstone tied around our neck in the bottom of the sea than to cause someone else to stumble, to cause someone else to move further from you or never see you in the first place. But today you all, you've also given us opportunities, opportunities to reach a hand into a hurting life, into a hurting heart, and help rescue, help encourage, help bring back to rightness, help bring restoration into a heart. The enemy certainly reaching out to dig a deeper pit for them. Would we, would we learn to reach out ourselves and bring about rescue and restoration? That's what you've done for us. So what you've done in us, not only at salvation, but time and time and time again after we fail, you reach down and rescue us and call us to be rescuers as well. Cause us to be redemptive and redeemers on your part and on behalf of the kingdom. So today, whether it's the little ones around us, the big ones around us at work, those around us in the grocery store at the ball field, Help us certainly not to be a stumbling block to someone else, but to find ourselves speaking truth into a culture that's getting darker and darker and more and more evil by the week. Cause us to stand for truth, but to stay and engage a culture that needs to hear and see and know about Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.